It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Joe Welke is here, and I see our stuff kind of run over each other, but you know, sometimes that happens. That It's going to maybe happen today. We've got a whole bunch of school closings to go over in a little bit. And we're going to look at our temperatures. We're mostly in the teens around the area. And we've got a lot of chores to do this morning. And why don't we get started with our school closings. If I can get them to move. All right. Schools are closed in Elma, Elma Center, Altoona, Amory, Arcadia, Augusta, Bangor, Barron, Bethel Christian, Black River Falls, Blair Taylor, Bloomer, Boyceville are all closed today on Tuesday. The Boys and Girls Club of Chippewa Falls is closed. Boys and Girls Club of Eau Claire is closed. Menominee is Boys and Girls Club of Menominee is closed. Bruce, Cadat, Cameron, Chippewa Meals on Wheels are closed today. Chippewa Falls, Chippewa Falls Mobile Meals are closed. Chippewa Falls Senior Center is closed. Chippewa Valley Technical College is closed. Chitek Warehouser is closed. Cochrane Fountain City, Colfax, Cornell. Cornell Food Pantry is closed. Cumberland, Durand, Arkansas. Eau Claire schools are closed today. Eau Claire County Meals on Wheels are, will not be running today. Eliva Strum, Elk Mound, Elmwood, Fall Creek, Flambeau, Gilmanton, Glenwood City are all closed today. Grace Adult Day Center services out of Chippewa Falls is closed today. Greenwood Independence, Ellie Phillips Senior Center is closed today. Ladysmith Lake Holcomb, Liberty Christian School at Chippewa Falls is closed. McDonald Catholic Schools are closed. Melrose Mandoro, Menominee, Menominee Head Start, Mondovi, Nielsville, New Auburn, New Lisbon, North Cedar Academy, North Star Academy, Osseo Fairchild, Owen Withy, Pepin, Plum City, and Regis Catholic Schools are closed. Rice Lake, Rice Lake Head Start, Russ County Transit Commission is closed. Spring Valley, St. Joseph School of Boyd is closed. Stanley Boyd is having a virtual learning day. Thorpe is having a virtual learning day. Turtle Lake and Whitehall are closed today. So that means a lot of kiddos at home. And whenever I had uh, snow days or cold days at home, we got out those board games and spent some quality time. It'd be really kind of neat if you guys would send out and flood Facebook with some of the stuff that you did today. Whether it be, you know, those snow angels or playing board games with the kids. But spend some time and enjoy them because they grow up way too fast. I'm speaking from experience. But we're going to get through some more chores. We've got some farm news. We've got interviews. We've got Bob coming in for an interview. Or Bob sent an interview from Hawaii. And I'm sure he's enjoying the weather down there more than we're enjoying it up here. But let's run through and we'll get some chores done as we move. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's almost 5 o'clock. Let's take a look at some news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The world is watching as tensions escalate between Russia and Ukraine, with Vladimir Putin now having sent his troops into the eastern regions of Ukraine. He calls them peacekeepers. This is nonsense. 
we know what they really are. In doing so, he has put before the world a choice. We must meet the moment and we must not look away. During a late night meeting of the United Nations Security Council, U.S. Ambassador Linda Thomas-Greenfield said Russia's recognition of regions in eastern Ukraine is, in her words, clearly the basis for Russia's attempt to create a pretext for further invasion of Ukraine. She said that Russia's actions are a violation of the basic principles of international law. The stock market reopens this morning after the holiday weekend. While the threat of war in Europe will play a big role, traders are also watching the Federal Reserve closely. The central bank's governor spoke at a convention and supports a larger rate hike. She says forceful action is necessary to help reduce record high inflation. The Fed is expected to raise rates several times. Experts predict that that will start after a meeting next month. The new Game of Thrones prequel is one step closer to a release. Brian Shook has the details. Series author George R.R. R. Martin confirmed in a blog post that shooting has wrapped for the first season of House of the Dragon, the prequel to the popular franchise. A release date has not yet been confirmed for the series, which will air on HBO and HBO Max. I'm Brian Shook. And some people with older cell phones are about to wake up without service. AT&T is the first major carrier to shut down its 3G network today, but even those who've upgraded their phones could still be impacted. Car navigation systems that rely on 3G networks might stop working, along with medical devices and home alarms. Take note, T-Mobile will follow in July, while Verizon customers will have until the end of the year. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Today we talk more alfalfa, Alpharex alfalfa, the high-just lineup with Alpharex. Don Miller, of course, is our guest and our expert on the program, Director of Product Development with Alpharex. And uh, Don, you talked about it in the, in the last program we talked about, and we all know the value of protein. And knowing where more of that protein can come from, we can have more options economically, because some of that protein out there is pretty high price compared to maybe what we can get in our alfalfa, right? That's right. Uh, you know, recently I've been talking to some uh, nutritionists, and uh, they're saying that the cost of protein, uh, serving meal protein, has uh, really hit some record highs. And and so, you know, as an alfalfa breeder, I started thinking, well, maybe uh, people should start looking, uh, uh, take another look at alfalfa. You know, it's a good fiber source, but also with the new improvements of the, the high-jest lineup, uh, we actually have uh, improved those uh, varieties for uh, the level of protein. We have more leaves uh on that plant, uh, five to eight percent more leaves, and and also that relates to uh, more leaves means more protein. So, uh, if you're paying a lot of money on soybean uh, meal protein, uh, maybe uh, you should look at alfalfa as another protein source. Yeah, and you look at uh, alfalfa as a protein source, but also that fiber needed in the rumen. You know, there it uh, kind of takes care of a couple of feeding situations in one one bite, so to speak, a bite of uh, alfalfa. Yeah, you know, that alfalfa is going to offer a lot of things to that uh, to that ration. Like you said, the, the, the fiber for the rumen, but also with the high-just lineup, that fiber is more digestible than what we've had in the past. So uh, being more digestible, uh, it's uh, um, allowing more intake into that animal, and then also uh, as that uh, improvement in protein on that alfalfa plant, a lot more leaves, and so you have a sort of a tandem approach, uh, better fiber quality, but also uh, more protein uh, that uh, is going into that ration. So if you're paying a lot of money for soybean meal, uh, maybe you'll reconsider and, and look at alfalfa in that ration again. And a little more flexibility, too, in 
an alfalfa harvest more than once a year just during the fall. Potentially, and you told us before how dry it is out west. We know the variability in weather and maybe a limit in soybean yields, but uh, alfalfa is going to be there all summer long. Yeah, and once you plant it, you've got it for several years, and so you you have that option of uh, raising your own protein. But uh, also with these uh, high-just lineup, there is more flexibility. Uh, you can um, manage it for more yield, or you can manage it for the quality aspect. Uh, a lot more options there. That We've really uh, um, done a lot in improving the alfalfa varieties the last few years, and that high-just product lineup is, is part of those improvements. And we mentioned... 2014, we came out with a high jest, and here we are moving into 2022. And in eight years, we've seen a lot of difference in the leaf-to-stem ratio, in the quality of the fiber that we're putting through the cows. Alfalfa Research has done some great things. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, we also, you know, not only looking at the quality aspect, the fiber and, and the improvement in crude protein, we still have all the good agronomics. We're not seeing a yield lag. Uh, we've got good winter survival. Uh, uh, since 2014, we've uh, also added uh, a Fall Dormancy 4, AFX 460, and that high just lineup. And it has a winter survival of 1.5. And so anytime you can get a winter survival rating of lower than 2, uh, that's really good as far as uh, winter survival. And so uh, the whole package is there, the, the quality, the yield, and also is bred in Wisconsin. So... <laughs> So it's locally bred and adapted to the conditions in this environment. It's certainly time to take a look at it. An alternative protein source out there, high fiber digestibility, good stuff, in other words, for the cows and for the animals. Again, talking about it with us, Don Miller, Director of Product Development with Alpharex. Check out the high just lineup of Alpharex Alfalfa. Thanks, Bob and Don Miller, for that update. Let's look at our temperatures around the area. Eau Claire's at 15, Medford's at 13, Rice Lake 17, Wausau's 14, Green Bay and Marshfield are both sitting at 13, La Crosse is at 18, Madison's at 20, and Milwaukee's balmy at 33, but they are experiencing rain down there. And a look at our weather. Today, we're supposed to get up to a high of 17, so we're not going to see a lot of movement on our temperature with snow all day. And tonight is a negative 2 for our temp. Tomorrow, high is 14 with a low of 1, mostly cloudy. Thursday, high of 20 and a low of 1 with scattered snow showers. Friday, the high is 19. Saturday, we're going to get out and get a little bit warmer up into 32. And Sunday, 17. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Mark Wart Motors. Mark Wart Motors would like to thank their valued and loyal customers their hardworking employees, and the surrounding community for making Marquardt Motors the largest General Motors dealership in the state of Wisconsin. And as I said before, we've got quite a few chores to get through. Let's do a few more chores before we head into our markets. Wisconsin winters are a polarizing experience. You either love them or you want to leave them. Be sure to enter the Rural Mutual Insurance Love It or Leave It sweepstakes, where each week you can win prizes by voting for the things you love and dread about winter. Visit us at RuralMutual.com to vote. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take a look at our farm new or farm market. Choice fed beef steers are 134 to 145 and a quarter with mix coming in at 120 to 133. Choice fed beef heifers are 130 to 145 with mixed at 80 to 129. Choice fed Holstein steers are 119 to 133 and a half with selects at 80 to 119. Cows are 57 to 73 with a top of 95. Bulls are 48 to a dollar. Butcher hogs are 60 to 71. Sows are coming in at 60 to 68 and a half. Boars are 18 to 27. New crop market lambs are 215 to 227 and a half. With old crop market lambs at 190 to 215. Feeder lambs are 240 to $4. And in our futures markets, live cattle for February, 143 and a quarter. With down 15 cents, April's 145.87 and a half, down 90 cents. June is 141.50, down 65 cents. And August is 140.50, down a quarter for our feeder cattle. And that market is trending downwards. For our feeder cattle, for March, 165.42 and a half, down 77. April's 170.85, down 30. May is 175.90, up 17 cents. August is 86.07, uh, up 35 cents. September's 86, 80, 187.65, down 52. And that market is kind of going up and down, so that one's a little bit uh, harder to predict. Our lean hog carcasses for April's one hundred nine forty, up one a dollar eighty two. May is one thirteen thirty five, up two dollars. June is one eighteen sixty five and a half, up a dollar and a half. July is one seventeen fifty two, up a dollar and a half. So that market is seeing a lot of promise and heading in the upward direction. Let's take a look at our Chicago Board of Trade for our March corn. We're at 670 up 16. Oats are at 698 up 9. Soybeans are $16.28 up 26 cents. Soybean meal is $453 a ton up $5 a ton. Wheat is eight sixty two up twenty seven cents, and that mar- those markets are trending upwards because of the spotty rain in Argentina and Brazil. Let's roll over to our milk products. Cheese barrels are one ninety three and a half with no change from yesterday. Forty pound blocks are one ninety eight and three quarters with no change from yesterday. Grade double A butter is two sixty nine with no change from yesterday. Class 3 milk futures. February is 2090 up 2 cents. March is 2240 up 5 cents. April is down 5 cents at 2281 with May going back up 9 cents to 2239 and June is 2190 down 5 cents and the trends in the milk market is mixed because we're kind of up and down and going different directions in different months. Let's get to some more chores and then we're going to hear some farm news. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take a look at some farm news. Farm and land in farms report is out. 
according to the USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service, the total number of farms in Wisconsin in 2021 was 64,100, down 300 from last year. Wisconsin land in farms for 2021 totaled 14.2 million acres, with the average farm size as 222 acres. The largest number of farms is in the $1,000 to $9,999 sales class, 28,200 farms, with the fewest number of farms in the $1 million and over sales class, 2,100 farms. But the $1 million sales class uses the most land, 3.6 million acres. Spring is on its way. Survey for farmers to complete to record planting intentions. The USDA will contact producers nationwide to learn about planting plans for the next growing season. The National Statistics Service will mail out about 2,150 surveys to Wisconsin producers in February. Farmers are asked what crops they are planning to plant, how many acres they plant, and the amount of grain and oil seed they store on their farm. Producers need to respond by February 28th by mail or online at agcounts.usda.gov. Contacts for interviews will follow the deadline. The confidential survey results will be published in the prospective plantings and quarterly grain stocks reports on March 31st. All reports are available online. Planning for planting. Many U.S. farmers have spring fertilizer amounts locked in. Higher incomes from the 2021 crop sales help farmers to lock in fertilizer amounts that they are planning on needing in the growing season. It is also wise for farmers for tax purposes to get input costs locked in and paid for. The anticipation of high fertilizer prices also was an economical reason to lock in fertilizer needs. It is predicted it is predicted that more fertilizer is locked in and purchased this year than in years past. And that's a little look at our farm news. We're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be going to Aaron, who talks to Kathleen Hauser about Freddie's Pantry in River Falls. One of the more active colleges of agriculture in Wisconsin at our four-year universities is up at UW-River Falls, College of Agriculture, Food, and Environmental Sciences. Bob Bosold here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And uh, they not only have a lot of uh, on-campus but off-campus interaction, not only in western Wisconsin but uh, all across the country. But they start on campus. And, Aaron, you found a program and a project that they've got started there that really is helping people both on and off the campus. Yeah, definitely, Bob. And, you know, when you're thinking about being in that part of Wisconsin with lots of farms and lots of food around, you're not not necessarily thinking about food insecurity. But actually, nearly one-third of university students across the nation face food insecurity. Aaron Zimmerman here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I had the chance to talk with Kathleen Hunzer. She's a staff member at UW-River Falls who's been essential at starting what they call Freddy's Pantry. It's an on-campus food pantry that serves students, staff members, and faculty that may be in need. They said that anybody can use it, no questions asked, and they want to be able to provide meals to help students continue to be focused, 
be able to let them get meals in between classes when they need to, and maybe even some personal items if needed as well. So the food pantry on campus got started by a student advisory committee for our College of Animal Food and Environmental Sciences, or as we call them, cafes. And so they noticed the need for students to be able to get some food because, you know, a lot of students lost their jobs during COVID or their hours were cut. And so they literally got a bookshelf, put it in the Agricultural Sciences building, and just put some donated food on it. And then from there, um, Blair, who was in charge of it, then connected with the River Falls Food Pantry, who then helped them stock it. And so pretty much as soon as food goes on it over there, then food is taken. So that was spring 2021. But not a lot of people knew about it because it was over in a building where if you don't have classes, you don't get. And so a small group of our students in a communication studies class, independent study, started exploring the issue of food insecurity on campus. And so they came up with um, a report about why we needed to expand the program. And so we saw that report. And on this other side of campus, because we're the opposite end, we all work in Rodley who are involved. And Rodley Hall is our building for student success. And so we started thinking, well, this would be a great place for another branch. And so what we did was um, we created on this side of campus a food pantry. It's also a personal needs pantry. And then, um, so basically we built off of what was already on campus, which Cafe started, which was awesome. And so now we're just expanding it to both sides of campus. So now we kind of have a system of Freddy's Pantries West and Freddy's Pantry East. And um, I'm helping with the East side. And the great thing about the East side Freddy's Pantry is that we have a refrigerator, freezer, and a microwave. So we can have fresh or frozen and perishable foods as well as dry goods. And then if students want to make something right there and eat it on the way to class, they can. And so we're trying to specialize on our side into take-and-go so that students can get a meal on the way to class so they can concentrate better. So that's kind of how it all got started. The other reason I got involved was I wanted to create a leadership experience for our honor students who all have to do volunteer work. And so the eventual goal is that um, after I get things going and manage the startup process, the students will be managing everything. They'll be helping with marketing. They'll be helping with grant writing. They'll be helping with stocking and restocking and data collection and all, just so that the honor students have this amazing leadership experience to talk about in the future. Now, you know, you talk about that there was some research done, I guess, to prove the need and find, you know, why it was so important. And I guess that's probably not always something that people necessarily think about is that, yeah, college students may be in need of this. Let's talk about some of the things, I guess, that they found and why it was such an essential thing to add to campus. So nationwide, food insecurity for college students has been discussed for quite a while. And, you know, there's this myth that all college students come to campus. They live on campus. They get a meal plan. They're eating three meals, two meals a day, something like that. They've got bonus dollars they can spend at the convenience store. And while that's true for many students, you know, up to 30 to 40 percent of the students we polled last year said that, you know, they don't have food on a daily basis or they eat less to make their money stretch or there's some days they don't have any money. And so the, the insecurity on campus is something that's it's almost a hidden issue on college campuses but not hidden much longer because most college campuses across the country are now recognizing this and having food and personal need pantries. So it's just a matter of getting people aware of the fact that college students 
also have need, especially, for example, our students who live off campus and don't have a food plan. It's all on them. And so it's just a matter of it's a trend in the country. You know, across the country, I think one in three college students has some kind of need, food insecurity, personal needs insecurity. And so when we heard that, you know, up to 30 or 40 percent of the students polled in our latest National Collegiate Health Assessment had need, we just wanted to do something about it. Definitely. And those, I guess those statistics would lead you to believe that, you know, it is definitely a need. Now that I guess you have the two pantry locations and it's been going for a while, what kind of response have you seen on campus? Have you seen quite a few students coming in for things? I guess with your data collection, what have you found so far? So um, we've only been open probably about a week where we've been tracking because we had to wait for the computer to arrive and all that kind of stuff. But we have seen, you know, a couple dozen students coming and going. The um, I was just talking to the person who's in charge of the Ag Sci food shelf, and she said that pretty much there was one point where as soon as they put anything out, it was gone. And so, so the need is, is there, and it is great, and students are using it. But, you know, we have to recognize, too, that... The, you know, the way we publicize things in the country is there's also a lot of shame attached to asking for help or needing help. So our primary goal with the Freddy's Food Pantry, especially in, um, on the Rodley side, is dignity. It gives people a chance to recognize they need assistance, but treat them with dignity. Now, looking at the side of, you know, for people wondering maybe how they could get involved to help with the food pantry or contribute, those kind of things, what kind of things are you looking for as far as that, you know, to make it continue to keep running? That's a really great question. Um, one of the things you should always do when you're setting up a food pantry on a college campus is to set up some kind of fiduciary partner. And so on our college campus, we have our foundation that does all of our charitable giving and, and donation seeking. And so they were gracious enough to pair with us. And so they created an account through our foundation website where they, people can donate just to Freddie's Pantry. And we've already gotten a, a number of really gracious donations. Um, one of our graduates, Manley Olson from 1959, gave us a, a very nice donation to buy personal care items to have in stock. Another one of our donors, um, Donette Wheelock from Mankato, she was an alumni. She gave us some money to get started. One of our employees in our student support services, Rose Rood, is connected with the Lions Club, and so they're donating money. And so we've already had faculty donate money and staff. I mean, I think it's just a matter of we had to get it out there that there is this need, and we are a campus that cares about our students. I mean, we love our students. And so just seeing the support we're already getting is really impressive because it just demonstrates how much the students are a key to our success. Definitely. Well, and being a past student of UW-River Falls, too, I definitely can, you know, felt that sense of community being there as well. Well, anything else that you'd like to add about the pantry? You know, things students should know, things supporters should know, or anybody else? Well, I mean, if if anybody's listening who can needs to use the pantry, one thing to note is, since we are funded by private donations and not on a grant, we also are able to serve faculty and staff also who are experiencing difficulties because right now is a really tough time. And so we're not, we're not just focusing on students. We're foca- focusing on our campus community. Uh, we're open from 9 to 9. We're in Rodley Hall. Sometimes a student assistant will be sitting at the desk and will say hi and have you log in. The usage statistics we're tracking are not tracking the people but tracking the usage and the hours that people are there, different things, so we can adjust our services as needed 
So I don't want, if students are listening to this and they say, oh, I don't want them to be tracking me. You scan once, it's just their student ID. We are not going to be, you know, bugging them. We just want to make sure we're providing the services they need. And so I would say that if if people want to donate, right now we're not doing food donations because we're not exactly sure what we need. We're just getting all of our food from the River Falls Food Pantry. We got our initial 600 pounds from them, and they're an amazing resource. So the best bet right now would be monetary donations because we can make dollars go much farther than food donations. It sounds like an awesome program to support those students there at UW-River Falls. Well, again, here with Kathleen Hunzer. She is involved at UW-River Falls with Freddy's Pantry, their food pantry for students, faculty, and staff to help fight food insecurity. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. Thank you, Aaron and Kathleen, for that update. Very useful service for all who need it. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's take a look at our closings around the area. It's a pretty long list, so we're going to run through that before we head over to the weather. So close for today, Alma, Alma Center, Altoona, Amory, Arcadia, Augusta, Bangor, Barron, Bethel Christian of Eau Claire, Black River Falls, Blair Taylor, Bloomer, Boyceville are all closed today. Boys and Girls Clubs of Chippewa Falls, Eau Claire, and Menominee are all closed today. Bruce, Kadat, Cameron are closed with no after-school activities. Chippewa County Meals on Wheels is not going to be happening today. Chippewa Falls is closed. Chippewa Falls Mobile Meals and Chippewa Falls Senior Center is is closed. Chippewa Valley Technical College is closed. Chatech Warehouser, Cochrane Fountain City, Colfax, Cornell is all are all closed. Cornell Food Pantry is closed. Cumberland, Durand, Arkansas, Eau Claire is closed. Eau Claire Meals on Wheels will not be running today. Eliva Strum, Elk Mound, Elmwood, Fall Creek, Flambeau, Granton, Glenwood City are all closed today. Grace Adult Day Services of Chippewa Falls is closed. Greenwood Independence is closed. Ellie Phillips Senior Center, Ladysmith, Lake Holcomb, and Liberty Christian School of Chippewa Falls are all closed. McDonald Area Catholic Schools is closed. Melrose Mondoro, Menominee, Menominee Head Start, Mondovi, Nielsville, New Auburn, New Lisbon, North Star Academy. Osseo Fairchild, Owen Withy, Pepin, Plum City are all closed today. Regis Catholic Schools, Rice Lake, Rice Lake Head Start is closed. Russ County Transit is closed. Spring Valley is closed. St. Joseph School of Boyd is closed. Stanley Boyd is is going to have a virtual learning Tuesday. Thorpe is going to have a virtual learning Tuesday. Turtle Lake and Whitehall are closed also. My suggestion is that if you've got some place to go today, call ahead and make sure that it's happening just because you don't want to be getting out there and show up and it doesn't happen. Let's get on to some more chores. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It is almost 25 to 6. Let's take a roll over and see if Mike Dandria is ready for us. Good morning, Jill. How we doing? I am fabulous. How about you? Oh, good. Now that I got into work, it was a little slick this morning. I didn't think it was too bad where I'm at, but I did the brake check, you know, to make sure that <laughs> I didn't go into the ditch while I was stopping, and 
Yep, I oh. know all about that. It was, uh, I guess I, I've got some back roads before, uh, before I get on to Hastings there. So those ones were a little slick. I didn't fishtail today, so that's a plus. That uh, is a plus. <laughs> but, uh, you know, of course, I uh, still want to use a little bit of caution on the roadways because there are plenty of slick spots out there as well. Um, anyways, how, uh, how have things been going, Jill? They're not too bad. I did forget to turn on my microphone when I started today, but I remembered, and the lights flashed, and away we went. Oh, that's good. Well, uh, I mean, of course, today, weather-wise, well, it's uh, things are not going so good because, well, we'll have a pretty prolonged event of snow going through the mid-morning and lasting really into the late afternoon and potentially early evening, too, uh, whereas uh, about three to six inches are possible for the Chippewa Valley and uh, not really going to warm up too much Temperatures really only getting into about the upper teens. Now, there may be just some lingering flurries later on tonight, but uh, otherwise those will mostly fizzle out later on this evening. And then clouds will start to clear out as well, but temperatures will start to make the plunge back to around the zero-degree mark. Setting up for a mostly sunny Wednesday, we have this quieter pattern that's heading our way, but it will also be a lot colder. High temperatures only getting to about the mid-teens for the most part. Later on tonight, or excuse me, Wednesday night, uh, more clouds will start to roll in and temperatures still uh, in the low single digits. Now for Thursday, there's a bigger chance for snow towards our south. We might be on the northern fringe of it, just get a few flakes here and there. Otherwise, we'll just see mostly cloudy conditions, but still not much warmer getting into the upper teens for the most part. Right now in Eau Claire, though, we're seeing some flurries out there in a temperature of 16 degrees. I'm Skywarn 13 meteorologist Mike Dandria. I figured the snow was a little bit light for those snow angels out there, too. But, you know. <laughs> I always love to play in the snow. And uh, this is better than some of the snow that we got when it's been falling, when it's, like, really cold out there. Not real good packing snow. This is marginally better. Uh, maybe we'll see some snow angels and some snowmen out on the Facebook page. Maybe we will. <laughs> I think that'd be a good goal. I think so, too. Uh, thank you, Mike, for that update. Thank you, Jill. Have a good day. You, too. And that was our your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Markwart Motors. Markwart Motors has the area's largest pre-owned inventory with pre-owned selections arriving daily. Check them out on the lot or at markwartmotors.com. And Morgan is in and has some news for us. So let's see what she has to say for the day. Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. We're learning Mother Nature always gets the first and last word. This as there are many schools either closed or opting to virtually learn today and we'll continue to follow not only how your day might be affected, but those weather patterns as the morning goes on. In other headlines, a Chippewa Falls woman is looking at charges after police say she stole $83,000 from a youth basketball organization. We take it down the court and into Cardinal Country in Chippewa, where investigators say the new treasurer at the Cardinal Flight Girls Basketball noticed some discrepancies over taking over last summer. Investigators say it looks like the old treasurer, 54-year-old Lisa Johnson, spent money on meals and a cell phone bill, even airplane tickets. Johnson told investigators she tried to repay whatever money she took from the basketball program but lost track of everything. The DA in Chippewa Falls is moving ahead with theft charges. Meanwhile, at the higher level, it's a suspension and fines for the players and coaches involved in Sunday's fight over the Badger game. 
The Big Ten yesterday suspended the Michigan coach for the rest of the regular season and fined him $40,000 for slapping a UW assistant coach. Wisconsin's coach Gray Gard was hit with a $10,000 fine. There were two Michigan players suspended for a game and a Wisconsin player also suspended for one game. Meanwhile, UW police say they won't be seeking charges against Howard for his role in the fight. The Big Ten says the fight was a clear violation of sportsmanship. We'll take a peek into our political stage, what Republican state lawmakers are aiming to make voter ID the default in Wisconsin by amending the state constitution to require them. Wausau Assemblyman Pat Snyder here says this won't prevent people from voting. Under the amendment, the state legislature would still be able to create exceptions to the requirements in statutes and qualified electors who lack valid identification on elections day would still be able to cast a provisional ballot. The amendment would need to pass through the legislature twice and then go to a vote on Elections Day to make it into the state constitution. That's how that process works. It's unclear if the state Senate will take up the measure on this session. Well, if you're looking to put a sign in your yard, it's a seller's market. State's Realtors Association released the latest report saying that home prices are up while the supply here in the state is down. In case you're curious, the price tag on a home in Wisconsin median price right now is $231,000 and that is up from from the $210,000 that we were seeing last year. We think of Home Sweet Home and Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Well, there is a 500-pound bear terrorizing South Lake Tahoe residents. He has a nickname, Hank the Tank. He's actually broken into and damaged over three dozen homes in the area. He doesn't like the porridge, apparently. Each refrigerator contained about at least 30, 40, 50,000 calories of food. That was a lot easier for him to forage in there than it was to go into the wilderness and pick one berry at a time. Yes, that's one way to get rid of leftovers. And again, with Mother Nature getting most of the attention today, we'll continue to walk you through those school closings. You are listening to Jill in the Midwest Farm Show right now. And then and then just after 6 with Alex Edwards in the Wax Morning Show, we'll continue to track that weather in real time and how it might affect your day. We're all live, local, and right along with you today on Wax 104.5. Over in central Wisconsin, Plover area, if you're looking for Alpha Rex Alfalfa, you want to talk to the folks at JMAR Incorporated in the Plover area. Ann Hoffman is with me now from JMAR. And Ann, how long have you guys been handling Alpha Rex varieties? Uh, we've been handling it for since they've offered alfalfa seed and since they've been available. And what kind of things have you heard from farmers about their experiences with Alpharex as far as uh, why they like it? They like it based on the sustainability, um, that it lasts more than three years. Um, I've seen in the field that it lasts for more than three years, and it's still going strong if you feed it correctly and maintain your cuttings. You said you've seen it out in the fields. What's your been impression as far as the, the stand, the leaf count, things like that? Um, the leaf count has been great. It does dry down fast compared to some other varieties based on other brands that are out there. Tell me more about uh, JMAR Incorporated. What kind of products and services do you offer the farmers, and how big an area will you cover? Uh, we cover a 30-mile radius around our plant in Fulber. Um We do seed deliveries and several loads of fertilizer that cover a larger area. Do you handle the complete Alpharex line, and are there some newer varieties that uh, you're excited about uh, getting farmers into? Uh, there is new varieties, the alfalfa, and um, also I noticed like the tough grass and some of the other grasses have been decent for pastures and everything, too. As you look forward to 2022, 
the folks at Alpharex uh, said they're going to be able to supply you with all the Alpharex products you're going to need? Yes, the availability is decent as far as now. If you get your order in quickly, that'd be better than waiting until when you actually decide to plant. Good advice. Plenty of alfalfa available from Alpharex at J. Meyer Incorporated. Get it ordered now. Ann Hoffman with us again, another Alpharex dealer with J. Meyer Incorporated in Plover. And up next, we're going to hear some Bob, from Bob after we do a few more chores. We're going to try to grab that last story of farm news, and then we're going to head off to market. It's still warm, the sun's still shining, and we're having fun in Hawaii as we continue our farm tour. About ready to leave the island of Oahu. we got more folks traveling with us. First of all, originally from the Whitehall area, Pigeon Falls country, and now in Marshfield, Jim and Dar Knutson. And Dar, the reason you guys decided to come to Hawaii, you've done some traveling before. We have. We just wanted to go someplace warm. And you found it. We found it. Yeah, it's been great. 80 degrees every day. And a lot of sunshine. A lot of sunshine. And you learned something about chocolate, but I bet you didn't think you were going to learn. We did. The chocolate farm was awesome. Tell me about uh, what stuck out as far as the chocolate farm to you. Oh, I don't know. The When they split the pod. the pod open, the way it looked inside was gross, but it was actually pretty good. <laughs> oh, they never had chocolate farms around Pigeon Falls or anything like that? Never had them around Pigeon, nope. <laughs> So you're having fun. We are having a great time. Oh, good. Jim's also with us. And uh, Jim, kind of maybe a retirement trip, party, whatever for you? Just to get away from everything and been cooped up at COVID too long. Time to go. Absolutely. And here we are. Well, we started out out at uh, Pearl Harbor, the Arizona Memorial. We've been around this island of Oahu and something to see. Oh, definitely. Uh, Pearl Harbor is real emotional. If you can't respect that, you're you're dead. That's special. And then the North Shore on the other side, where the big the big waves are, where the real men are, that's that's spectacular. That was spectacular over there. So, you think you could ever handle a surfboard on that no, kind of water? I'm not man enough for that. No. <laughs> what about but seeing this island and just we've only been on one island. We got three more to go to, but just seeing this island and how different it is from one side to the other. It's it's really different. It's beautiful on the other side, the, the wayward side, they call it, with all the rain and everything. Spectacular colors. And when we're at the cocoa or the uh, chocolate. chocolate farm, the uh, the jungle, it's just like stepping in Vietnam. It's just like being out in the jungle again, except there's no animals out there. No, that's for sure. All right, good enough. Knutson's from over in Marshfield. Now, Alan and uh, Chris Jock, you're also with us. Al originally from Thorpe, now in uh, Lake Altoona area, and Al, you finally saved up enough that you guys could come. And it didn't take; it took you a couple years. Only forty-six years. <laughs> well, you got the job done, and that's the main thing. And uh, what have you guys thought about it so far? We think it's just fabulous, but we're really into history, and we really loved the Pearl Harbor experience. As a matter of fact, we went back again today and spent some time on the Missouri and at the aviation. A museum, fantastic. Little thing about Bob Hope there, too, that I didn't know and was really a nice surprise. Yeah, and when you go to Pearl Harbor now, you got the start of the war with the Arizona Memorial, and you got the end of the war. They brought the Missouri, USS Missouri, in where they signed where Japan surrendered. That is fantastic. And believe it or not, despite all the pictures, 
You wouldn't believe how small that deck really was where it was signed. But to see that spot, too, uh, that history and what what all it entails and all the sacrifices that happened in World War II, all those soldiers, all those sailors, man, it's, it's, it, it gets you. Yeah, it's a special place, that's for sure. And looking forward to the other three islands? I can't wait. All right. Well, we're doing it tomorrow. We'll get there. Al and Chris Jaraki and also uh, Jim and Dar Knutson. As we travel in Hawaii, I'm Bob Bosold. Thanks, Bob, for that update. And I'm sure you're going to be a little bit of a shock when you come back here and the weather is not 85 degrees and sunny. We're dealing with a little bit of snow and ice and sn- more snow this afternoon. So let's, but let's see what uh, my last farm story is. Good years ahead for the cattle industry. Prices are predicted to continue to be high in the cattle industry in the near future. Markets are trending higher. With the trend in a 10-year cycle of cattle prices, high prices have been in 2005 and 2015. Prices should be again reach their peak in 2025. Economist Tom Petrie is predicting a couple more good years ahead of us, barring some catastrophe. Feeder cattle are also expected to bring higher prices because of the smaller calf crop and the continued demand. Fewer calves will be available for purchase, creating a higher demand and higher prices. And we're going to run right over and see what Scott Hermans has to say from the Sparta Equity. Slaughter cow market was steady to strong today with 20% of the cows 65 to 75 with a top of 80, 50. 60% 60% of the cows sold 50 to 64. 20% of the cows sold 49 and down. The organic cows were strong. Most cows, 95 to 111.50. There was a couple thin, small cows, 80 to 85. Slaughter bulls were steady with the high-yielding bulls, 85 to 97, top of 104.50. Cannon utility bulls, 74 and down. Fed cattle were steady with no test on the beef cattle today. Choice overnight beef steers and heifers, 135 to 142 with no test. Select a choice beef steers and heifers, 120 to 135 with no test. Your choice dairy cross steers and heifers, 115 to 130 with no test. Your choice overnight Holstein steers, 120 to 125. Your choice Holstein steers, 110 to 120. And a standard to select steers and heifers and heavyweight steers, 107 and down. Replacement calves were steady with the top Holstein bull calves, 70 to 165. Your Holstein heifer calves, 10 to 50. And the beef calves, 150 to 270. Thank you. This has been Scott Herman with your Sparta Equity Marker Report for Monday, February 21st. Have a great day. Thank you, Scott, for that update. I've got Jerry Fitzgerald from Stratford on the line ready to tell us about the Stratford Equity. Good morning to you, Jill. Well, you know... um of us that have been around for a while, uh, snowstorm this time of the year does not seem to be unexpected because, you know, the girls' basketball tournament starts and the boys' basketball tournament seems like it always snows during them. So this is routine, huh? Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I guess we can't do anything about it. But anyway, we will uh, uh, give the folks an update on yesterday's activity here at Equity Stratford. Uh, good morning to everyone there out there. And Jill, good morning to you. Like I said, this is a summary from yesterday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start out with the cow market. 
traditional cow market yesterday, steady to strong, very good demand on the cows. High yielding, uh, fleshy Holstein cows yesterday selling from 70 to 82. We topped at 83. Most of the cows yesterday, our average cows are selling between 53 and 69. Thinner cows, plainer cows below 52. Bull trade to open up the week. Most of the bulls selling between 80 and 92. Lighter bulls below 75. And, uh, most of our fed cattle uh, will be sold tomorrow. So, um, test on yesterday's auction, so we'll have an uh, update on fed cattle uh, later on in the week. Calf market yesterday, steady on the bull calves. They are uh, 95, 230 pounds. Those are good quality bull calves, mostly from 85 up to a top of 190. Uh, continued very limited demand on the heifer calves, 25 and below. It was very strong yesterday also. Uh, good quality beef calves, 140 to 300 being at 320. Now we are at 2Z, of course. And uh, disp- uh, the ominous weather forecasting today. First of all, we uh, urge you folks to get your livestock in early this morning. We will have our hay sale as scheduled today at 10 o'clock, hay instruction. Again, we've got a very good selection of hay, small squares. As the first crop, we've got a lot of round bales, a second crop, grassier hay. Some of that is wrapped, and we do also have large square bales of oat straw. So, again, a good selection of hay and straw. That'll be at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. We'll move to the market sale. Today, uh, of course, every Tuesday we do sell organic market cows. Those have been on a very strong trend the last couple of weeks, and we will follow with the conventional market cows. So, again, um, this stuff, I guess, is supposed to come in this afternoon for the bad weather. So, folks, get your livestock on the road early. We'll get them sold. And uh, take a look ahead tomorrow. Um, Wednesday auction tomorrow is scheduled to start at 10 o'clock. As part of that Wednesday sale, feeder cattle sale tomorrow, we do have a nice selection of feeder cattle, including uh, uh, consignments of some bulls, some crossbred bulls, some uh, Hereford Angus bulls. So, uh, and again, we urge you folks, take a look at our website. We've got a lot of information on there. Sales in March, uh, special dairy sales, and also special feeder cattle sales. And also uh, make a notation for our annual district meeting, which is coming up uh uh, that's about the third week in March. So a lot of stuff going on, Jill, but I know you're busy this morning, so we better send it back to you. And, uh, folks out there, drive careful, and we will talk to you all tomorrow morning. Yep, we've got a lot more chores to do. Thank you, Jerry, for the update. And stay you're welcome, safe. Jill Todd. Charlie Walker, he's the president and CEO of the Chippewa County Economic Development Corporation. Chippewa County made a bid to host Farm Technology Days in 2024. And he's heading up the group to get things started for Farm Tech Days. So, how far along are you with planning? Jill, thank you so much. We are just in the neck of getting started. And uh, anybody out there listening who wants to participate, go to chippewa-wi.com, call me at 715-723-7150. If you want to get in the early stages of this planning, this great event, that's where we are, Jill. So you're working on setting up the executive committee and figuring out your chairman. Exactly. The executive committee, we're looking about 25 to 35 volunteers that want to be the core group uh, and then break down into subcommittees. And and it's just going to be fun. Uh, Try to get people who have a passion and a talent. 
uh, for those particular topics within the uh, farm technology uh, organization umbrella. As you know, it's a it's a big operation. There's a lot of moving parts to it. It takes uh, a lot of people to volunteer their time and their treasure and their talent uh, uh, to do that. So we're going to try to tap into those passionate uh, folks throughout the Chippewa Valley that can make this the, the greatest farm technology days ever seen. And that was a little update from Charlie Walker about Farm Technology Days coming to Chippewa County in 2024. They're just looking to set up and get going with the informational meetings and the executive committee meetings. And there's a lot of work ahead of them, but I feel like we're going to have an awesome time getting going with this and so much excitement and bringing it back to the Chippewa Valley and I have Michelle Tureen on the line to tell us about Tureen Markets up there. How did it go last night? Hi, Jill. I'll give you a summary of last night at Tureen Livestock from Monday, February 21st. In the slaughter come up to it, we tapped at 87 with a consignment by Hopeless Dairy of Sheldon. 84% of the cows were from 60 and above. Market cows were 70 to 82. Low yielding cows, 59 to 69. Thin wheat cows, 57 and lower. In the Holstein Steer Market Choice and Prime, 108 to 126. Selects were 104 and down. For beef type steers and heifers choice, 110 to 134. Selects were 106 and down. In the bull market, high-yielding beef types came in at 76 to 95, with the utilities at 70 and down. In the replacement calf market, good quality Holstein bull calves sold from 85 to 190 dollars per head. We tapped at 194 with the consignment by Dennis Burgett of Boyd. Lighter and lower quality calves, 30 dollars per head and down. Holstein heifer calves were 10 to 75 dollars per head. Beef beef cross calves, 85 to 300 per head. In the hog market, butcher hogs were 68 to 72. Sows were 66 to 71. Boars, there was no test. Our next sale would be tomorrow, Wednesday, the 23rd. We'll start with calves at 5 p.m. For tomorrow's sale, we have a consignment of 10 sows. If you have any questions or you need trucking, give us a call at the market at 715-669-7127. And check us out on the web at tlmthorpe.com. For all the sector and livestock, your family owned an upright market. Have a great day. Well, it sounds like good advice. Maybe we'll have more snow angels out there. I heard that you and... Uh... Uh. <laughs> Yeah, God loves Kristen, I swear, but well, <laughs> more like probably, a, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. She's asking for pictures. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I was going to just let you know that I spent some of my winnings the other day, so. Oh, did you? Good for you. Well, I bought a bull. Oh, well, okay. That's a good choice, I guess. Well, it's a necessary <laughs> item, I guess, if we want to have babies, so. But, if you're going to have farming and you're going to be on a farm and you want more cattle, that's a good choice. Yep. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You, have mm-hmm. a, you have a great day. You too. Stay warm. And that was Michelle Tureen from Tureen Livestock. We're going to run right over our, to our country elevator prices. Golden Plump and Arcadia corn is at 610. Baldwin, Duran, Mondovi, Elmwood, and Fall Creek are all sitting at 612 for their corn. Baldwin and Duran and Elmwood all are at fifteen fifty eight for their soybeans. Mondovi's at fifteen fifty three soybeans. Fall Creek's at fifteen forty eight. Osseo's at six twenty two and fifteen fifty eight. Stevens Point is at fifteen forty four. Elk Mound is at six sixteen and fifteen. 15- 
6.54. Sparta's at 6.19 and 15.57. Ellsworth's at 5.99 and 15.43. Doomers and and Buck Country's at 6.08 and 15.62. Wheaton Chippewa Falls location is at 6.15 and 15.58. Connersville location is at 6.15 and 15.55. Ethanol plants are Boyceville at 6.29. Stanley's at 6.21. And New Richmond's at 6.11. And that's what I've got for you for this morning. It's time for me to head on downstairs and figure out what we're doing for tomorrow. And remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other. 